What's the role of a disciple of Jesus? And what is the role of the pastor? Those are questions Pastor Nicole explores in her message today. I'm Pastor Jason Barnett, and this is the Dirt Pastorman Podcast. Chapter 4 of Ephesians, we will find verse 7. 
And it tells us, but to each one of us was given according, or grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. In other words, each one of us has been given a gift that God intends to use. And he intends to use it, not for our own gratification, but to build up the body of Christ. It isn't just the pastors. It isn't just your Sunday school teachers. It isn't just your board members. No, it's every single one of us. And God will provide the grace necessary for each and every one of us to utilize his gifts for the edification of the body. But in order to use these gifts, we have to acknowledge the responsibility that comes with the gift. We have to be willing to commit. We have to put our own wants and needs aside for the benefits of someone else. But we're too busy. We have enough on our face. It might offend someone. It might require that I rethink what I have always believed. Allowing God to use his gifts for his kingdom is not easy. So many of us don't want to do it. So the question we're asking today is simply, what if I don't want to? What if I don't want the responsibilities that come with gifts? What if I don't want to acknowledge what God has gifted me to do? What if I don't want to commit? What if I don't want to put myself aside? I like my life just the way it is. I don't want to change it. And I know that answering God's call means that I have to change something, and that's just too difficult. Now, I'm happy just coming to church once a week, sitting in the pew, warming it up for a little while, and going about my business, changing nothing. It's a lot easier to just sit and be a few The burden of change is easy to leave at the altar. You hear a sermon, you feel convicted, and you come to the altar and you're like, okay, I'm good now. And then you just leave it. I went to the altar, I'm good. And that's if we actually go to the altar. But we don't want the extra work that comes along with that conviction. We don't want to change. We don't want to have to do anything beyond attending church once a week. And the reason why is because we haven't really left our old lives behind. We might have attended church for 30 years. But that old life that we live Monday through Saturday, it's still there. We don't want to leave it. But Paul addresses this too. Later on in chapter 4, he says, So I say and insist in the Lord that you no longer live as the Gentiles do. 
the futility of their thinking, they are darkened in their understanding, being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardness of their hearts. Paul is cautioning the Ephesians church, the Ephesian church, to not live as they once had. To leave that old life behind. Elsewhere it says, I render the old man dead. Leaving that life behind is essential. Following Christ. And to fulfill the call of Christ, we cannot maintain the self-focused attitude that we once had. Paul cautions us to not let the hardness of our hearts prevent us from fulfilling what God was, is commanding us to do. And what is God commanding? What is commanding that every believer? If you flip back to the Gospel of Matthew, the very words of Jesus, he says, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. God's command directly to his disciples is to go and make disciples. Jesus didn't call together a bunch of people that, you know, are called to be pastors and say, okay, well, this is your job, but the rest of the church can just go and do their thing and be the people on this or back then they didn't even have kids, they just stood for six hours. How would you guys like that? <laughs> he didn't. He didn't say that this was only the job of the pastors. No, he told every single one of his disciples, every single one of his followers, go and make disciples. And what that means, what that implies, is that those disciples would go and make more disciples. And then those disciples would go and make more disciples. And then they would make more disciples. And it would just snowball. As each new generation of disciples would go and make another disciple and another and another, the church would grow and the cause of Christ would advance. But I want to put something out to you. That call to go and make more disciples is not optional. Jesus didn't say, oh, if you want to. If you want to go and make more disciples, no. It was a direct command from their superior. If you're in the military and you disobey a superior officer, you're going to get court martialed. But this is the great commission. This is the great command to go and make more disciples. Therefore, making disciples is not optional for a follower of Jesus. In fact, I would argue that 
They're coming into church on a Sunday morning and being content to just warm up you, but they're going out and living your daily life the same way you always did it, not making disciples, not furthering the kingdom. It's not only not following God's call, it is direct disobedience. The fact is, we don't want to buy into that. Because it means that we have to take responsibility. We want to put, we want to pin it all on the pastor or the Sunday school teachers. I can't tell you how many times Jason and I have gotten blamed because somebody didn't come to church after the first time visiting. Or how many times we've gotten pulled away to, to talk on the phone to somebody because one of their friends attended our church and was like, well, you need to talk to them, Pastor, because you're the pastor. You're the one who needs to do the discipleship. You're the one who needs to invite them to church. You're the one who needs to make sure that the church people stay happy and don't leave. But then the church people themselves are content to just watch everybody walk away or not take responsibility. They don't, they don't want to invite their friends, personally. No. They don't want to call the guests that showed up and gave them their phone number. No, they give the phone number to the pastor and say, hey, pastor, call me. Discipleship's the same way. Hey, pastor, you need to find somebody to teach BBS. Hey, hey, pastor, we need a children's church worker. Hey, pastor. We should start another Bible study. Hey, pastor. Pastor, 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 you need to do all this stuff. Hey, I have news for you. If you're feeling the burden, maybe God's telling you to do it. Your pastor's job is not to do the work for you. His job is to equip you. Your pastor's job isn't to run everything in the church is a hard job is to help you do it. You're not a skeleton. You're not a skeleton. Ephesians 4 tells us the work of a pastor, the work of an apostle, the work of a prophet, the work of a teacher is to equip the saints. The work of ministry not to do it themselves. This is my job as your pastor. Is to equip you. So that you will build up the body of Christ. Sorry. Our job is not to spoon feed you the gospel and send you on your way. That's what you want. You hire some people. Your pastor's job is to equip you and send you out to make disciples of those body. Because otherwise, why are you even here? If not to be equipped to build up the kingdom, 
Why are you here? You know, I grew up in a church where it was expected that you were at church every Sunday. But you know what? That's not the case anymore. It's 2022 and no one cares if you're at church. No one cares if you're getting out at 9 o'clock to be at the church at 10.30. Your neighbors don't care. They're not standing out looking out their blinds judging you whether you're judging whether you're at church or not. Your friends don't care. Half of them don't go either. Your parents might give you a hard time. Grandparents might give you a hard time if you don't go to church. But really, nobody you deal with in your day-to-day life cares that you come to church. So if you're not here to be equipped, why are you here? You know, COVID has, has become kind of the, the main reason why a lot of people are, are avoiding church. And, and it's a legitimate reason. I'm, I'm, I understand that. But if you're looking for an excuse to not be equipped, COVID's as good an excuse as any. But if you're here on a Sunday morning, Jason and I are expecting we are going to work on equipping. We're going to be preaching the hard truths. We're not going to be tickling your ears with candy coated sermons. And what we say can and probably will cause offense. But if you're not wanting to be equipped, then maybe this isn't the place for you. Because the fact of the matter is, eventually you're just going to get mad and leave, vote Jason and I out, do something. But if you're not wanting to be equipped, I'm pretty sure the golf course down the road has a country club. This is for the equipping of the saints. And I'm telling you right now, that as long as Jason and I are here, we're going to be making disciples in this church. So the question was, what if I don't want to? What if I don't want to go out and make disciples? What if I don't want to put myself aside? What if I don't want this? So to me, what if I want to sit out? What if I don't want to do what God commanded? What if I would just rather be lazy? You know, in 1 Thessalonians, Paul commands the Thessalonian church to abuse those who are idle. Some translations might use the word disorderly or disruptive, but overall, the word used is to convey a message that the ones who are being idle, disorderly, or disruptive need to be admonished or rebuked because they are not allowing the church to function as it was designed to be. Like that tiny little pebble, that tiny little grain of sand in the Walmart idol that held up the grocery cart, one idol person within the church, within the body, one disruptive person, one disorderly person 
There's an old folk proverb. Not actually in the Bible, unless you're looking at the Living Bible, which is not really the Bible. Um, but it says, um, it says, Idle hands are the devil's workshop. Heard it before, right? Idle hands are the devil's workshop. But it's still true. It may not be actually in the Bible, but it's still true. Because I don't think with idle hands comes disobedience toward God, disrespect towards others, and disinterest in the lost. Idle churches you lose interest in the command to make disciples, and the burden for the lost becomes a focus on keeping the members happy instead. The focus is taken off of holy living, and instead focuses on comfort. Instead of showing love and respect towards one another, the church starts to murmur and gossip ones right Idle hands are the devil's workshop because idle hands prevent the church from being the church. And when the church can't be the church, that's where you go Just be 
So church, I have a question. Do you love Jesus? episode of the Dirt Pass Sermon Podcast. It was recorded live at the Greensburg Church of Nazarene, located at 31 Bluebird Lane in Greensburg, Kentucky. Our theme song is called The Dirt Path, performed by Jeremy Edwards. If you would like to share a word of testimony with us or what God's been doing in your life, you can reach us at P.O. Box 215, Greensburg, Kentucky, zip code 42743. Or you can also find us at www.gbergnaz.com on the Greensburg Church of Nazarene Facebook page or the Dirt Path Facebook page.